All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being uh, with us, 800-941-SEAN. Our number, you want to be a part of the program. So all over the papers, there are articles in the mob, the media, they're telling us that Joe Manchin is back uh, negotiating with Build Back Better. And I can cite article after article after article. Well, Joe Manchin apparently is not negotiating uh, a, a better, quote, build back better deal. Uh, here's him earlier today in his own words. And would you support build back better if child tax credit was not included? I'm really not going to talk about Build Back Better anymore because I think I've been very clear on that. There is no negotiations going on at this time, okay? And there's an awful lot of things that had a lot of uh, a lot of things that were were very, uh, 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 I think, well intended. And there was a lot of things that was pretty far reach on some things in the most delicate times that we have right now. And our country is divided. And I don't uh, tend to do anything that divides our country anymore. So whatever I can do to unite and bring people together, and that means you have to work harder as you work across the aisle to bring people together. Now, what's interesting about this is both Dick Durbin, Chuck Schumer, they have said that they are going to put Build Back Better on the back burner, and now they're moving forward with a vote to change the filibuster. Um, Before I get to Chuck Schumer's statements about that, let's just remind everybody what Democrats have said over the years defending keeping the filibuster. Speaking of those other candidates, several of them have proposed major structural reforms to our government and to our democracy. These include abolishing the Electoral College, uh, expanding the size of the Supreme Court, setting term limits for justices, abolishing the legislative filibuster. Which, if any of these, do you support? None. What the filibuster does, what the extended debate does, is to force both sides of the aisle to come together in a bipartisan, compromising way. They want, because they can't get their way on every judge, to change the rules in midstream, to wash away 200 years of history. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. That would be Chuck Schumer wanting a banana republic. Anyway, joining us now, we have to talk about this. Obviously, what's going on with Omicron and and much, much more. Senator and also medical doctor Rand Paul of Kentucky uh, is with us. So Build Back Better, for all intent and purposes, was dead at the end of last year. All these articles suggesting that negotiations are going on, Manchin denying it. And now they've moved on to ending the filibuster, the very thing that Chuck Schumer said would cause the United States to become a banana republic. You know, I think Build Back Better still is dead. I think if they resurrect it, it'll be something completely different. It'll still be spending money, but uh, I think that uh, Senator Manchin's put the kibosh on at least half of what they wanted to put into it, so it would have to be a much smaller bill. It'll still be a bill, according to Republicans like myself and conservatives, that'll just be full of you know, social spending and social organizing and social construction of your personal life, which isn't good. So I'll still oppose it, even if it's smaller. But I do respect Senator Manchin for standing up and, uh, you know, really saying, look, this is not what the people of West, West Virginia elected me for. And I think that's certainly true. West Virginia is a pretty conservative state. And I think they probably appreciate uh, Manchin standing up to Schumer and Bernie Sanders and some of the crazy left wingers in the Democrat Party. Do you think that they have a shot at, at this successful effort to change the filibuster rules and what that would be used for? 
You know, a couple years ago, about 14 of them signed a letter saying they were against the four filibuster, uh, getting rid of the filibuster. So there's been a large contingent of them that have to change their mind. Now, most of those people have changed their mind now that they're in charge. They say, oh, yeah, we don't want the filibuster because we're in charge. But really, it's about protecting uh, the minority. And so we don't become a pure democracy. It's about uh, trying to prevent things from moving too quickly in one direction or another. The filibuster is really a big part of, you know, of our republic and of keeping us safe from bad ideas and big government. Can they do? Can they get rid of it? It would require Mansion and Cinema. Both have said they would not vote to get rid of the filibuster to vote. And some Democrats say, "Oh, well, we'll just get rid of it for voting rights." Well, the interesting thing about voting rights is, is I think there was a time in our history, yeah, that it was terrible when people were suppressed and people couldn't vote. But the great thing about our country is, for really probably the last ten, twenty years. African-Americans are actually voting at a higher percentage than white Americans. So, I mean, we've come a long way. And the Supreme Court's acknowledged this. Historians have acknowledged this. They're not wanting to fix anything up here because of racial disparity in voting. They're wanting to fix it so Democrat operatives can mail ballots to Democrats and they can mine the election for Democrats and try to get people to vote by mail without knowing who the people are and not having them show any identification. It has nothing to do with racial disparity. It has everything to do with Democrats trying to game the system. You know, it's a, it's it's an amazing cha- – listen, I'll be honest, Republicans do the same thing. Uh, when they're in power, there's some that will support changing the filibuster and then vice versa. But both parties do it. Um, but the scary part is where they would take this agenda. Um, I think you're a constitutionalist, Senator. You're a libertarian more than a Republican. I'm a conservative more than I'm a Republican. Um, and we just it's a coalition party with varying viewpoints and I admire libertarian viewpoints. I become even more libertarian as I get older and. As I, I look at this, if if what they really want to do is take away the constitutional authority that is, you know, exp- it's directly addressed and expressed in the Constitution that states are responsible for the way and manner in which elections are to be held, not Washington. Yeah, and I think the reason you still want a filibuster is that, think about it, over the last 250 years, are there more ideas that promote big government or more ideas and legislation put forward that would actually limit your freedom? See, the advocacy is for groups that want to manipulate government, make it bigger, use it to their advantage, whereas the people who want freedom, the people who want to be left alone, aren't a real advocacy group. They don't have lobbyists on K Street. And so what happens is over time, more often than not, legislation is bad. And so we should make it such that legislation is not easy to pass, that it takes an overwhelming consensus and a supermajority. So the, the, led to, the filibuster has actually protected us against a lot of bad ideas. There have been times in our history when we probably would have gotten outright socialism. You know, we headed toward socialism, but there was some kind of restraint with a filibuster that ultimately didn't allow us to go all the way to socialism. And so without the filibuster, that's what will happen is very quickly someone will win a big election and they'll go headlong into socialism. We'll never be able to get the country back. I saw the filed for re-election. I was glad to see that. I think we need people like you in the Senate. There's not many of you that I admire, to be perfectly blunt with you. Would you like me to give you the list of names of people in your <laughs> caucus that I don't admire? I don't think you do. Um, no, but I am. But, <laughs> but, but, but by the way, I'm pretty sure deep down in your heart, if you were going to be totally honest, you don't like them either. 
Well, what I would say is is that I think my voice is an important one up here. I'm willing to stand up to Fauci on where the origin of the virus came from. I'm willing to put him in his place to rebuke him with the facts. And I'm also willing to say that if I'm elected again, that I will take him to task. I will subpoena his records, and we will find out exactly what he did, whether or not he covered up anything with regards to the origin of the virus. But you have to realize that the knives come out. Anybody stands up to the establishment as often as I do, the knives come out. So people want to know more about it. You know, they can go to randfall.com and they can help me because the institutional forces that are out there are aligned because... Some Republicans don't like my voice, and none of the Democrats like my voice out I, here. I don't really care about them. There's there's very few senators that I really want reelected, and you're one of them. Um, and you've been a very powerful voice on a lot of important issues, uh, one of them being COVID. We now have, what, a million cases and, you know, chronicled in the last day and a half. America has, has taken the brunt of the COVID epidemic more than any other country, according to articles I'm reading today. And here's what I'm having a hard time reconciling, Senator. You you were outspoken. You you told the world. You shared your personal medical information. You got COVID-19. You recovered from COVID-19. Uh, you refused to take a vaccine. Um, this is what I learned over my two-week vacation. I spent a lot of time helping people, giving them information that I had and passing them on to doctors if they didn't have doctors available to them. I learned that people that were fully uh, vaccinated, they still got Omicron. Fully vaccinated and boosted, they still got Omicron. Fully vaccinated, boosted, and even people with natural immunity got Omicron. I know people, a number of them, that got uh, COVID now for the second time with Omicron. Now, since the early days of Omicron, we've learned that it's way more contagious than previous variants, but we've also learned that it's far less lethal. Here's my question. How is it possible two years into this pandemic, we ran out of tests all over the country in the lead up to this election? We know that that Joe Biden was presented a plan in October, according to Vanity Fair, that would have provided 750 million tests that would be available for the holiday season. And he turned it down. Uh, so two years into it, we ran out of tests. Two years or a year and a half since the on since we've had monoclonal antibodies, uh, we, I didn't know they were readily available everywhere. Uh, but now over Christmas, there was a shortage of them. It was very hard to get them. I tried to help many people find places that that had the infusion or the shot. Now we've got these antiviral medicines by Pfizer, and I think the other companies Merck. And they're FDA approved. And according to medical professionals I'm interviewing, I don't know anything about it, to be honest. They say that it's very effective. Uh, none of those antivirals were available either. How is that possible? This is a problem with putting the government in charge of all health care. So supply and demand in the marketplace is met because suppliers want to make a profit. And so there's always the supply to meet the demand. The government bought all the monoclonal antibodies. And so the government owns them and distributes them just uh, like the Politburo would distribute bread in the Soviet Union. Yeah, they're hoarding it, and they they won't allow states to buy their own, which was finally Ron DeSantis set up these monoclonal antibody centers, and Joe Biden cut him off, and he started buying his own. Now he can't buy his own, he told me last night. I have... I have doctors calling me, emailing me, and pleading me with, with me for supply of monoclonal antibodies. What they did is they cut off the old one. Now, the old one may not be as effective. Some of the Regeneron the initial uh, monoclonal antibodies may not be as effective with Omicron. There are better ones now. 
But before the better ones were on the market, when the old ones, see, we don't know who has Delta and who has Omicron. Most people aren't tested. You just know they have coronavirus. And so the thing is, is if you're getting sicker and there's no other choice, wouldn't you want to take the Regeneron monoclonal antibodies if that's all that's available? But the government and their wisdom just sort of cut us off. And that's a real problem. But by the, the way, it's not front, that difficult to break down the sequence of you know, which virus you have. It's an extra step, but it's not that difficult. You're right, but they're still not always doing that as people are testing, and a lot of the home tests are just testing for coronavirus. On the testing or lack of testing kits, it's twofold. One, there's the Biden bureaucratic snafu that they're just not very good at doing things or distributing things. But the other problem is what Scott Atlas and Jay Bhattacharya and others have pointed out is we've never in the history of medicine, really for really modern medicine the last couple hundred years, we've never tested people who don't have symptoms. So to continue to encourage people to get tested when they have no symptoms is really a, a problem. All right, quick break. More with Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky on the other side. We continue now with Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. If we now are in a position where I think most people have made up their mind about vax or don't vax, I, I don't know whether you agree with that, but I think most people have made their decision. So if I'm right about that, and now we have people fully vaccinated getting Omicron, fully vaccinated with a booster getting it, and people with natural immunity getting it, my question is, shouldn't now the focus be on the therapeutics? And where's Operation Warp Speed to, to put out millions of test kits? Where's Operation Warp Speed to speed up the process of making monoclonal antibodies and these antiviral medicines? Well, there's a real question whether uh, you're right, we should have therapeutics and we should be prepared for those who get sick, the vulnerable, and we should try to save the vulnerable absolutely without question. But the other question we have now is Omicron may actually become more like a cold virus. There are four coronaviruses that are out there. We've had them for 100 years, and they cause 20% of the common cold. There are many doctors who are now saying that Omicron will be the fifth coronavirus that causes the common cold, and we will all gain inoculation from it. We will all gain immunity from it. And the good news is there's cross-reactivity. So those who get Omicron, which is pretty mild, will also have some resistance to Delta and to the original In other words, type. more natural immunity, and it could get us to herd immunity is what I think I hear you saying. Well, you're going there one way or another. Everybody's going to get Omicron. The, the, the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission. So this argument by the nuts over there at CNN that, oh, you're endangering grandpa. No one's endangering anybody. Vaccinated or unvaccinated, you are liable to get this. What the vaccine does is it reduces your chance of being hospitalized or dying. So and by the way, for the I record, you recommend vaccinated. people, older people and people with pre-existing conditions uh, to get Without it. Without question. Without All question. Right. And I think obesity at any age, you ought to be vaccinated, and particularly after a certain age, at least 65, but probably lower than that, a vaccine is without question much safer than getting the disease. All right, Senator Rand Paul, he's now announced his re-election, and uh, if you want to see where he stands on the issues, what's your website again? If they can go to randpaul.com, they can help us out or find out more about the issues. All right, thank you, Senator Rand Paul. Quick break, right back.
Uncle Sam accountable to you every day. Hannity is on. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. There's a great article put out by foxnews.com, Bias by Omission with the Media Mob. Now, we've chronicled, obviously, Zero Experience Hunter and the, the great financial contribution of, you know, the, there was a virtual blackout of what was in Hunter Biden's laptop. Just like there was a virtual media amnesia and ignoring the quid pro quo with Joe and you're not getting a billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor that is investigating my son who's being paid millions and has zero experience. But there actually is a pretty good list. The, the sex allegations, for example, that plagued the Lincoln Project, uh, damning report that had come out that one of the co-founders had formerly parted ways with the group, accused of sexually harassing 20 young men online, including minors. Uh, the mounting political woes of Andrew Cuomo. Did you notice, Linda, that Andrew Cuomo, he's not going to get indicted for any of the nursing home deaths. There's not going to be any criminal anything there. I assume there'll be civil lawsuits that, that make their way into the courts, but who knows with, when you... You get into the New York court system. Um, Biden's phone call urging the Afghan president to push st the stability perception. Imagine if Donald Trump made that phone call. There is a need to project a different picture. That would be called telling the Afghan president to lie, knowing that the Taliban was on the march. And now we know the result of it. Americans abandoned and trapped behind enemy lines and thousands of green card holders and Afghan allies getting pulled out of their homes and murdered in broad daylight and women and girls now losing all rights that they had prior to the Islamic, the emergence of the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan. Uh, the media doesn't seem that interested in, in what Rand Paul was just talking about. And that is the Fauci lies to Congress about the NIH and their funding through the EcoHealth Alliance of the Wuhan Virology Lab, where we all knew that coronaviruses were being studied. We all knew gain of function took place there. So it was a pretty logical conclusion to, to come to. And we have all the evidence from The Intercept, all of Fauci's emails, and we even have the NIH acknowledging that they knew. But that's not an issue. Uh, there was very little coverage of McAuliffe, who was running in Virginia. His remark declaring parents shouldn't have a say in what schools teach. Is that the modern Democratic Party? Kamala Harris going viral for a space video with the child actors. That was, that was one of the most hideous moments. It's sort of like, Linda, did you see the video today of, of, of Joe Biden with fake snow behind him? It's so bizarre. It is so I, I, bizarre. I mean... They probably didn't even tell him it was fake. He probably thought he was in a snowstorm. Maybe. This I mean, is, honestly, maybe I'm the only one that observed this. We played this montage yesterday on this program and on TV last night. And the montage is of of Joe Biden in the campaign. And Joe Biden said over and, and over and over again that he was going to, you know, beat COVID. And now I, I juxtaposed it with him saying, well, it's not the federal government's job. That's up to the states. Listen. I'll put in place a plan to deal with this pandemic responsibly. I've already done it. Look, there is no federal solution. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. Look, there is no federal solution. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. Look, there is no federal solution. I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm going to shut down the virus. Look, there is no federal solution. We will deal honestly with the American people and we'll never, ever, ever quit. 
That's how we'll shut down this virus. Look, there is no federal solution. I'm going to shut down the virus. Look, there is no federal solution. Now, by the way, did you notice Joe Biden just a year ago? The sound quality, cadence, tone, pitch of his voice versus today. Uh, there's no federal solution. We're going to shut down the virus. There's no federal solution. Did you notice that or is that just me? I think Linda. everybody notices it. I mean, he's sluggish at best. I think those are the days he can't get home to his, you know, third floor medicinal hospital in his own Delaware home. I mean, the guy <laughs> is so jacked up. I don't know what I, I don't know what it is, but. I do know that it seems to be progressing and he seems to be getting cognitively worse. Yeah, well, anyway, that's back- why when he has a moment of brilliance, he speaks the truth like he did with Peter Ducey when he was like, why would we ever give $450,000 to illegal immigrants? And then two days later, when he was told to shut up and do what he was told, the whole story changed. This guy's a puppet. This is not this is not our commander in chief by any stretch. I have no idea who's in charge. Nobody really does. Then we have the Durham probe indictment that that gave a devastating blow to the steel nausea. The only media outlet, and I can't believe I'm going to say a nice thing about the Washington Post, but at least they acknowledged their reporting was for three, four years was dead wrong. Nobody else did. And the entire mob in the media got away with it. Then you have the, the DOJ whistleblower. Imagine if Trump's president and, you know, there is a a a threat targeting parents uh, with the FBI, a threat tag um, to go after them because they might get loud at school board meetings. I mean, you can't even make that stuff up. And an FBI whistleblower revealed the agency created the threat tag to track uh, parents at school board meetings, although that would be the job of the local police. But at the same time, Sean, we got the new DA appointed by Eric Adams, who's continuing all of the ridiculous overreaching authorities from de Blasio. Now he's got this DA coming in. He's not going to be seeking prison sentences for all these criminals. We got bailouts for every single person who is committing a crime. But if you go to a school board hearing and you want to speak on behalf of your child, then you're you're a criminal. And they can look into you. And not only are they looking into you, but we got our acronym agencies looking into you. It's not just local police. It's the FBI. It's the CIA. Mm -hmm. And they're putting out forms on you. The biggest contribution in 2020 to Joe Biden came from the media, the media mob. Look at Hunter Biden's laptop. Look at the lack of experience. You know, Libya had a dossier on Hunter Biden. They knew he was a drug addict. They knew he, he hired hookers. If they had that dossier, what do you think? the communist Chinese have on on the Biden family. It's it's an amazing amount of corruption that we have in the media mob. Media mob all week this week will cover January 6th. This is the week, uh, the one year anniversary of what happened on January 6th. We said it live that day on this program. We can't have any kind of rioting and we've got to protect our elected officials. We've been very consistent. Just like we were consistent over the summer of July of 2020, when over the summer of 2020, when we had, what, 574 riots, we had billions of dollars of property damage, arson and looting. We had dozens of Americans killed, murdered. We had thousands of cops hurt, many of them badly. And yet there's no committee led by Liz Cheney and company and Nancy Pelosi. 
The one thing they won't ask in this committee, and this is why I keep saying it's a, a, a phony committee, it's it's a rigged investigation with a predetermined outcome, is because this this is Liz Cheney's alliance, unholy alliance with Nancy Pelosi and company, so that they can purge the Republican Party of Donald Trump and, and make sure Donald Trump never runs for president again. I don't think it's going to work, because if they really wanted to get to the root cause, you've got to ask some really tough questions. Donald Trump asked for the National Guard to be called up that day, knowing hundreds of thousands of people were going to march on the Capitol. He did that days before January 6th. Um, the same with Mark Meadows, the same with the Capitol Police chief. He asked six separate times for the National Guard. The person that would be in charge of that is the sergeant of arms. The sergeant of arms reports to Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi needs to be investigated and put under oath. Are they going to do that? No, that's not going to happen. Um, it's pretty unbelievable. Just like they're not going to investigate the 574 riots over the summer. I mean, it is, it is, it, and they can't talk about anything else because there's nothing successful that Joe Biden has done. What are they going to talk about? What, the million COVID cases in the last, that was just reported last night? The new cases of Omicron? Are they going to talk about the shortage of tests in the country two years into the pandemic? The shortage of of what it is the single best therapeutic that's been out there, which are monoclonal antibodies. Are they going to talk about the shortage of antiviral medicines that I'm told I know nothing about it personally? Ask your own doctor that I'm told are working. It's unbelievable. And if people vaccinated and boosted with natural immunity are all getting Omicron, maybe it's time to start talking about, okay, well, if you have a breakthrough infection, what is the best way to treat you? Unbelievable. By the way, I saw that MSDNC's Joy Reid on her show said, they're white so-called Christian conservatives who feel like this country was built by them for them, so everyone but them needs to suck it up and let them have their way or else. What is she talking about? Uh, that's NBC News playing that. Pretty unbelievable, the environment we live in. Quick break, right back to our phones. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Oh. As we get back to our busy phones, uh, let's go to California and we'll say hi to David. David, you're on the Sean Hannity show. Glad you called. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm from Venice Beach and I was calling to talk a little bit about uh, the so-called homeless situation we have here, which is actually more of a criminal junkie situation at this point. Um, I, I live in a nice area of Venice and everywhere around us are these, they call them homeless camps and they're basically like little shanty towns set up. Um, I was attacked by somebody walking through there and had to go to trial with this person. And within you know, a few weeks, the person was right back on the street. And we're seeing this constantly over and over again. There's no policing and there's no enforcement of any normal laws that any law abiding citizen would have to deal with. And well, the is just out of control. And what part of uh, California do you say you're from? Venice Beach. OK, listen, in all in New York State, California, it's all the same thing. And that is you have no bail laws. Uh, basically, it's like catch and, and process and release even bank robbers in New York so they can go out and rob more banks. Uh, they cut the police by a billion dollars in New York City. They cut a huge amount of money from the LAPD, and that was praised by Kamala Harris. 
So, you know, if you're dismantling and, you know, defunding the police and you have no bail laws, this is exactly why, you know, crime is surging. There was a story yesterday that people in, in Beverly Hills are buying more guns than ever before because they feel a need that they're going to have to protect themselves. And the police that are working, they're not that inclined to get in trouble because they know if they make one wrong move or one wrong decision, their life is over. They'll be they'll That's be right. prejudged by the media mob and, and by others. And, and if you try to do anything as a neighborhood... For example, we get together and we try and clean things up or landscape some of the land so people can't keep camping there. And all of these so-called advocates for homeless show up. And they're all, for example, we have a place here called the St. Joseph Center. They're getting millions, hundreds of millions of dollars from our state government. So why would they ever want this stuff to clean up? Because it's an ongoing job for them. And we've kind of figured out it's a money racket. Like nobody wants to clean anything up because, first of all, they're making money. Second of all, it convinces people to pay more taxes. Third of all, basically, they're saying, oh, we're going to be the ones to come in and save you. But then nothing ever changes. And I think unless people start voting differently. Well, it, I, I don't really see much hope for states like New York and California. I really don't. And I'm I'm being honest. And I, I, I said this to Larry Elder. I said it to Caitlyn Jenner. I admired the fact they wanted to throw their hat in the ring and give Californians an opportunity to change course. Um most the the problem is and it goes back to this article that i mentioned earlier in the program in the new york post and it shows that residents fled democratic states that have surging crime and covid-19 draconian restrictions new york new jersey connecticut california not far behind california for the first time in 171 years had a net loss of population that tells you a lot New Jersey led the nation with 70% of the people involved in moves were fleeing New Jersey uh, to just 30% that migrated uh, into the state. Illinois, same thing. Uh, They came in second. New York came in third. 63% of movers were heading for the exits. 37% moved in. Uh, And if you look at nearly 80% of the moves in Nassau and Suffolk County were people exiting the highest outbound rate of any region in the country. And for good reason, for the reasons you're describing. This is one of the most, I would say, one of the most liberal places in the state. And I could see my neighbors who are the very liberal voters starting to change their minds. So if anything, it's a time to seize on that and figure out a way to capture these votes because people are frustrated. But the thing is, they just keep voting for the same thing over and over again. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not Pollyannish in my life. I I don't see enough. I think the people that would be inclined to really change the state of California and turn it into the once great state that elected guys like Ronald Reagan. Um, I don't see it going back any time in my lifetime. The same with New York. New York's gone. I, you know, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, Hannity, you need to run for office in New York. And I look at them. I'm like, why? I'll lose. I'm not going to win in New York. I couldn't win. I, I couldn't win dog catcher in New York. Um, right, it I just is the reality. Just... Anyway, hang in there, my friend. My advice is if you can get the hell out of there, join the vast majority of other people. Quick break. We're going to update you on the covid mandate lawsuits around the country uh, with the attorney general of Arizona, Senate candidate uh, Mark Burnovich straight ahead.